Welcome to Cardboard Box Games. I'm Adam. I'm Adam. I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about how to play against creatures that are must-answer or creatures that your opponent plays against you. And also just having some casual fun. Alright, let's get going. All right, welcome back to Cardboard Box Games. Now, you may notice that we're all a little bit redder than normal, especially Adam over here. He uh, definitely got a sunburn yesterday. We were out hanging out on the, the ocean and swimming and boating and stuff like that. So, yeah, so if he's not moving very good, that's the reason why. You and I, <laughs> did, you got burned a little bit, but not too bad. Yeah. And uh, I don't burn very easily, but... My nose, I think it's a little crispy, so I might look a little redder than normal. So yeah, you don't have to adjust your color if you're watching on video. All right, so we were thinking about the best way to do this today, and you know we played in a, we played in a tournament yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday, and no Saturday. Saturday, yeah. So two days ago, um, and we I think we got a, there's a good example based on that tournament about must answer creatures. So I want to start off with Streak, okay? <laughs> streak is the one that when he's not on a flank, you draw one less card. Basically, slightly worse Succubus in that regard, but he has Elusive, which makes him slightly better than Succubus. Okay, so the one of the guys' decks had three of them. A friend of mine, actually, has had three of them in their deck. And I saw some people just leave them be the entire tournament. And uh, we're drawing like three cards. He had all three in the play at one point. So they're drawing three cards a turn. Pretty ridiculous. So on a scale from one to five, one being never going to mess with it, not a big deal. You know, probably the lowest, the lowest um, must answer creature. Like you just not, it's not even a must answer creature, right? So three is like a little annoying. I probably need to deal with it. Five is I need to do everything possible everything absolutely possible even if it means me like doing a suboptimal turn to take care of that all right so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put our hands out and we're all gonna put a number and then we're gonna talk about the number that we were thinking all right one two three so i had a three what'd you have adam i have a three also three <laughs> okay so we all think streak is sort of in the middle for must answer creature but it also depends because if you have chains on you and streak is there then it's really bad to leave streak on the board because you'll be drawing four cards yeah definitely um and i think it gets a little different when he has all three of them on the board too yeah of course so i'm not the type of player where i'll do anything necessary to deal with streak like i won't call a suboptimal turn but i will value it a little bit so i will do a reasonable turn to kill streak and so i think what i did uh once was i i ended up life for lifing one of my you know creatures that i really didn't want to kill but i thought it was valuable enough to to just take out streak because over time streaks value was going to hit me and i didn't see another answer coming up and i ended up destroying all three of his at different times so i didn't let him have them for very long at all and i guess my my deck that i had was pretty atrocious so dealing with stuff was hard and i i guess maybe maybe like in my mind i knew i needed to draw every card possible so I needed to make sure in that situation that I needed to 
take care of Streak. All right. You guys have anything else about Streak before we go to another one? Mm-mm. Nope. All right. So we're going to do another one that's a little bit different. Rock Hurling Giant. So Rock Hurling Giant is when you discard a Bravno card. Then it can deal four damage to another creature. Yes. I actually really like Rock Hurling Giant. All right. Let's see where you are. One, two, three. So Adam put a four. Andrew put a four. I put a one. Uh, Why do you guys value that so highly? I like playing decks that have low-powered creatures with elusive, like shadow and disc creatures sometimes. And whenever someone plays Rock Hurling Giant, they kill my guy so I easily. They can pick them off with like... Wow. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes multiple on a turn. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Why'd you do a four? Well... It's really powerful. It could kill creatures easily. And this one time, I, my opponent just played that card and discarded four Bronar cards and it swiped the board. And it was just awful for me. So I try everything. Pretty much, it's really good. And I try to kill it when I can. It's not a five, though. But it's somewhere really high up there. Well, yeah. See, I completely disagree. I think it's a low-value card. It's interesting to me. And the reason for that is... Is there's only 12 cards. They have to call Brodnar to get use out of it. Where Streak is just always active. And Brodnar, um, there's only 12 cards. And one of them is Rock Curling Giant. So they can't, and they probably have already played some. So they're not going to want to discard every one of them. I figure they maybe get two or three activations off of it. And that's kind of it. I think it is... Maybe I could go up to two. Maybe I think I could go up to... Because you make a good point, Adam, where you've got some cards that you just don't want to have killed, and it's a way to protect them. But that's interesting to me. All right, so here's another one. Professor Sutterskin in Logos. You draw a card for each friendly Logos creature. Including himself. Including himself. All right, where do you guys put him? One, two, three... So we're Adam's a five, I am a four, Andrew, you're a four. four. So we value him really highly. And again, this depends on the deck. Because I had Professor Sutterkin, I had two Professor Sutterkins in a deck with three Logos creatures. Um, but people wouldn't typically play those in a um, tournament. tournament. It just was unfortunately the sealed deck that I ended up getting that was really bad. Um, but yeah, I value him incredibly high. Do you have anything on that, Andrew, for like why you value him so high? He's very powerful. You can get through your deck easily with that guy. Yeah, because you can literally just keep calling Logos forever. And in the lucky case where you do have two on the board, and both of those two actually have a decent amount of creatures with them. Like four or five. You can just draw so many cards. And they're also extremely powerful against... Well, most of my decks, because my decks are usually controlling decks, but then when they start reaping a lot and drawing so many cards, they can actually mess with my creatures a lot. They outvalue, because they can play a lot more creatures than you can. Yep. And then they could use like Helperbot, if they have it in the deck, and possibly forge a key right away. All right. I, I agree. I think we all think Professor Sutterskin is really good. What about Amber Shine Mongrel, who has... Um, trying to remember but he has, he has an ability where whenever you reap the opponent gains one yep 
Uh, so actually, it's the other way around, right? So yeah, be, it's the other way around. If you have ember spine mongrel on your side, if the opponent reaps and you gain an amber, exactly. Also. Yep. And he also has hazardous three and assault three. That's a different guy. I think he has only one hazard, of those. Only has hazardous. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, let's see where we rate him. One, two, three. So I'm a four. Andrew's a five, and Adam, you're a four. Yes. Yeah, I think that guy is actually incredibly good. It literally will, if you misplay and you don't realize that your opponent still has that, um, and you reap, you can put your opponent on a key with one misplay of that. Because mm -hmm. there's been times where I've had, like, um, my opponent, I've had that card in play. My opponent is like, okay, I'm going to reap one time. I'm like, okay, so I get an amber, and that put me on six. And they're like, oh, well, I guess... Can I undo that? <laughs> you know, uh, so in a tournament setting, like you have to, it's really an interesting card because it can kill six power creatures, and if it if it gets attacked with a five power creature, it survives, which is insane. Because oh, actually no, 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 it doesn't survive. So you need a six power creature to actually kill it, and you have to attack it with at least a creature that's higher, four power or higher. So you you just end up taking a ton of damage. So their five power creature would die against yours. Their six power creature would die, and it gets you extra amber. It's interesting. You guys get anything else on that one? Really good card. Really good card. Yeah. What about collector worm? We've talked about this one in the last one. If someone plays a collector worm, how high are you valuing collector worm? One, two, three. All right. So I. I went with a two. Adam, what did you go with? I went with five. Andrew. Five. All right, Andrew, why'd you go with a five? Well, if you got a good Mars stack with a Collector Worm, you're going to have full board control with Mars. If you have, like, one Collector Worm, fight, archive, fight, archive. Like, I one game, I was able to archive nine of my opponent's creatures with Collector Worm, and that's insane. It's great. Very powerful. Yeah, and I guess... For me, yeah, Collector Room can be slightly annoying, but I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit, hmm. To me, I don't know if it's like the, the if I think about the order of things, like I don't think I need to deal with Collector Worm before like a streak, which is why I put it at a two. Oh, you do make a good point, yeah. So I'm trying to put it in relation to other things. So Collector Worm... I'm okay if my opponent just wants to keep picking off my creatures. And now, I mean, they're limited from being able to pull their archives. Because if they pull a bunch... I mean, yeah, I do lose some good creatures. And that really does stink. I'm not going to lie. But I I guess in my mind, maybe I'm undervaluing Collector Worm. I don't think it's higher than a 3, though, in, my, in the way I play the game. Uh, I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I'm just saying, like, I play with a different... I think I have to agree with you. I didn't really add in any other creatures. I think I might just bring it down to a four, uh, not a five, because I don't have, like the, that creature being alive won't like mess with me too much that will cost me the game. You lose one creature a turn. And, uh, and they it, have to call Mars. They do, yeah. Hmm, yeah. And what I found is like sometimes I just pick off the other Mars creatures so I make it less... Like, I don't want them to call Mars. Or if they do call Mars, like, I want to make it painful for them, so I just pick off their other Mars creatures. 
sort of my idea there. Anyway, now these are some cards that I think are, in my opinion, like some of the hardest to play against. So we're going to start with Sir Miros. Sir Miros is the card that anytime uh, your opponent reaps, Sir Miros captures that amber from the reaping. All right, where do you guys put Sir Miros? One, two, three. So we got two fours and a five. And so basically we rate that really high. And honestly, it might be a five, but I don't know for sure. Cause Sir Miros can like shut you down hard. I guess, what are your thoughts on that one, Adam? I have a couple decks. I have like barely any Amber control at all in raw Amber. So then I really value my creatures reaping. So when I do have that, I have to kill Sir Miros. So I can actually forge my keys. And that two armor he has is pretty brutal, actually. It is, yeah. And when they put him by a taunt guy, Sermiros can be just super painful to play against. What do you think of Sermiros? Pretty good. Most decks nowadays debate mostly on creatures and reaping, so it's really good to have that. It is. Seems. I mean, especially with Age of Ascension, it seems to me that Reaping is much more important than in Call of the Archons. It's hard to say for sure, though, but I will tell you that I've been shut down by Sir Marrow's hard. And then you just, what I start doing is, I start, okay, Sir Marrow's is going to be my bank. So I'm just going to put a bunch of amber on him, and then I hopefully have a way to kill him later on in my deck. But it sure can slow you down. All right, here's another one. Barrister Joya, enemy creatures can't reap. Um, five power, one armor. I'm pretty sure that guy has just the meanest guy. And I, in the very first like Age of Ascension tournament I played in, my opponent had it, and all my creatures were these little dinky, wimpy things, and I just could not kill it. And it just locked me out of the game so hard. All right, so where do we put this guy? One, two, three... I'm a five on this one. Adam? A five. Andrew? A four. Four. And again, I think it depends on your deck. But in my case, like, I need... Most of my decks rely on having some creatures reap to get some amber. And Barrister Joy... And some of them have reap abilities. I went with a five because I feel like with Barrister Joy, if you get that down early and your opponent never deals with it, you literally can't win the game. Like, you just cannot win the game with Barrister Joya on the opponent's side if you can never gain Amber from your creature's reaping. Why are you a four, Andrew? Well, there are some decks where you don't have that many creatures to reap with, so... So, situationally... Situationally. If you have, like, lots of creatures, then sure, a five, but most, like, some decks don't have that much, and most of my decks don't really have that many creatures, so that's why I'm just going to say four yeah that's interesting and adam where are you at you're on a five i'm so. on a five yeah what's your reason for a five uh having that guy's super annoying because then i actually have to kill that creature and since it's in sanctum there's a good chance it's by a taunt guy and it just hurts like trying to kill their five power creatures with armors on them and usually like you said like our creatures are usually small creatures and they're and it's really hard to like kill those guys. The houses I play typically have. I love Brobnar in this new set, though. I gotta lie. So I, 
and I really have some fun Bravnar decks that I play with and Sanctum decks. But a lot of the house the decks I've been opening lately in sealed tournaments have just been little dinky things. And I know when that guy goes down, I'm in trouble because I need to reap with my guys. I want it to be like I one of the things I look for now in my deck is like, okay, if they have a Cermeros or Barristan Joya, how do I deal with it? And I think that to me is what defines a five. Like there's I think uh a Barrister Joya like, you literally locked out. Sir Marrows, you can at least get your amber back one day. Anyway, that's sort of my, my thought. All right, so Mind uh, Warper in Mars. Actually, one of my favorite Mars creatures. And I know it's not that super strong, but it's one of my favorite. How must deal with is that for you guys? One, two, three. I put a two. What'd you put? I put a two. Andrew? Three. Three? So we're all in agreement there. Now, I'm not going to lie, in the sealed tournament, I had two two Mars firsts. I, I, my deck was horrible. And I had 11 creatures in my deck or something like that. And one of them was a Mind Warper. And I was able to Mars first him on a turn. He came in ready. I used his action to make my opponent capture one of his own Amber. Mars first him, made him capture another Amber. Mars first him again to make him capture another Amber. And then I killed the creature. So it's like... it's a very slow way to steal but it also stopped my opponent from forging and i just i don't know i have a soft spot for mind warper fun card definitely a little annoying to play against but i don't think it's anything that you need to like go above and beyond out of your way to actually kill in my mind the only reason it's higher than a one is a one would say i would say like does nothing to you for being out and mind warper can slow you down by making you capture one of your own amber and that's Sort of like the reason that I went from a two to a two on that one. Thoughts on that one? Uh, when he is out, kind of annoying. It's like delayed steal if mm -hmm. he can actually kill the creature. But other than that, he it's not really too bad because I usually I generate enough amber so that it doesn't you can just really go matter. above what he actually would. Yeah, it is. It is a fun card to play, though. That's one thing I will say. I do love that card. He's also elusive, so it takes two creatures to kill him. That's so true. Yeah, the cards that they make elusive, like, uh, the one we haven't done yet is Duskwitch. So let's go and just do Duskwitch now. One, two, three. All fives across the board. Uh, why are you guys a five? Duskwitch is so powerful. Even though as a mega, he had to play it and then wait the next turn. Duskwitch makes every single creature you play come in ready. Yep. That is so powerful. And he's got Elusive, which blows yeah. my yes. mind. Like, uh, makes poke really valuable. It does. True. <laughs> like when I have an opening hand with poke and I'm playing against Untamed, I'm like, okay, good. If they start with a uh, Duskwitch, I'll be able to kill it at least. <laughs> That's literally what I think about now. Sorry, what were you saying? That's okay. Uh, How about you, Andrew? Very powerful. You can set up a big turn for another house like Brongnar, Logos, like Recessor Stutterkin, and play four more Logos guys, and they're already reap, draw five cards. Like it seems really powerful. Oh my god, could you imagine doing that? Having a Logos turn right after Duskwitch <laughs> and like bring in Professor Stutterkin and like two or three other creatures. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's so crazy. All right. Let's do a couple more, and the next one that I want to do, it's a little bit different. <clears throat> We're going to do Bronze Key Imp, and 
Bronze key imp is the one where players can't forge their first key. Sorry. <clears throat> See where you guys rate that. One, two, three. I'm a one. I'm also a one. Andrew? Okay. Wait, hear me out here. Andrew was a five. Hear me out here, okay? Okay. Um, I battled someone where me and him just ignored the creature most of the game. Uh, it was a tournament. The clock had nine minutes on it, and we started at 35, and no one has a key. Both of us have, like, 16, 18 raw amber in our pool, and we're like, I don't want to kill him. They are annoying. <laughs> I don't want to kill him. Because <laughs> as soon as you kill him, he gets their first key. Exactly. So we're both are like... And your opponent don't want to kill it, because then you get your first key. Exactly. So we're just in this pickle, and we both agreed, okay, we have to kill this guy, or this game is going to go nowhere. So I was like, no, you're killing him. I want my key. <laughs> so he killed him. And the clock now is only like seven minutes on. So we had to get two more keys before it gets to end game. And it was just crazy. It was a crazy game. It was very crazy. I did Shadow Storm and got rid of all his amber. When oh I my forged God. my key and then got rid of all his amber. And he was like, no. <laughs> but it was great, though. He still won, though. But it's still... Bronze Ape is always pretty good. I rated him a one because it's like a very off chance that he'll actually get on the board for the first key. Um, I had a couple decks, and right after my opponent forger first key, that's when I got Bronze Key Imp. I'm like, uh, yeah. well, this is useless now. <laughs> At least I can play him as a creature, you know? And usually when they do play it out, we, I, I just kill it right away anyways, even if you're on the first key. Yeah, I... I don't know. The the imps have made some really tough games for me too. Sort of like what Andrew explained, where you get in these board states where no one wants to kill it, and I don't think that's great for the game. I'm not a fan of those creatures, but maybe maybe the right answer is just kill it as soon as you can. Otherwise, you're just gonna play a game and it's gonna run to time sometimes because if no one kills it, yeah, it's so brutal. And then they, I guess, then your your theory should be like, I just want to get as much amber as possible. I don't think it's a must-deal with Creature, though. I think because it affects both of you, I think it's just a annoying Creature. And maybe that pushes it up to a 2. Maybe it is actually higher than a 1. Because a 1 would be like a Creature does nothing. But it does do something. It does do something. So it probably is higher than a 1. Um, to your point, though, Adam, it has to be the right time. My favorite. This never happens to me, but my favorite idea with them is I've just forged my forged my first key, then I play my imp so that my opponent can't forge their first key, and they have to kill it, and it just slows them down. But again, that's like perfect magical world that sometimes <laughs> doesn't exist. Okay. Um, what about Tesmal? Tesmal is the creature that you reap and you choose a house your opponent cannot use their next turn. It's a creature. Do you guys know that one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three. What do we all got? Fours? All fours, fours across the board. Uh, why four, Andrew? Very great card. It's not as good as Control the Weak and make you have to play the house, but it's still pretty good. Like, your opponent can make you... Yeah, it's just really good. And it can stop you. It can lock you out from stopping your opponent from getting their key. 
I just really don't like that card because whenever um, Tesmal is out, they stop me from playing a house I have the most amount of creatures of. Yeah. So then I can't really deal with that creature and I can't really reap a bunch, off. get my keys. I feel like anytime you can make your opponent play something or not play something, the value of that is extremely high. And I actually think some people underrate doing the Tesmal's ability. Like, I think that should be a consideration that you take when you're deciding what house you're picking. Because Tesmal's ability is so strong. Honestly, I think it's a strong four. And if if I could go as far as saying, like, it, it may be on the border of, like, a five. Because it is crazy good. Crazy, crazy good. Um, we'll do one more card. Because I wanted to see what you guys think about this one. But Gamgee. Reap, if your opponent has more amber than you, still one. Two power, elusive, I believe, yep. if I'm going my memory on that one. Gamgee is a um, shadow creature. All right, ready? One, two, three. What? Really? I put a two. I put a two. Would you put Andrew? It's like a five. He can do so much damage. It's see. so conditional, but yeah. See, he only steals if he has more amber. If you have more, if the opponent, if you have more amber than the opponent, is what I'm trying to say. He only steals yeah, if the I opponent has more silly. He's amber. Pretty good. But most of the time, I never get him to fire off. For me, anyways, personally. I know. I wish it was just Reap still one. And when I do get it to pull off, I do gain two Amber. So that's pretty nice. But it's not all the time. It, it has been good for me, though. I'm not going to lie. I have gotten two Amber from before and stole one. But there's been times where I'm like, okay, too much to protect. Do this, do this. And then I Reap with Gamgee. And I'm like, oh, yeah, now I have more Amber. So I can't do that. And no order that I could think of would actually make that trigger off. So there are times that like I can't get the steel to active, but honestly, cards can't be perfect. He's a card that you need to deal with to a certain degree, but I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a super strong card because it's I'll, not a guarantee. I'll just put a three for him then. You're dropping your rating. Yeah. So you were what were you were five and then you went down to three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, every time I played against him, it's just gone bad, and people, my opponent just steals so much. I mean, steal, 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 steal. Yeah, I mean, he is he is a good card. And I could see it actually being a three, potentially. I think the difference between the two and three is pretty minimal. So I think a three is possible for him. All right, that's pretty much all. Like, I think, I think it was pretty fun. Do you guys have anything else to close out this week's video? That's really or it. Podcast? Anyway, guys, I hope you guys are uh, enjoying these. Please give us feedback below, both good and positive. Good and positive, of course. But good and bad the feedback. We really appreciate anything that we can do to improve. We're trying to tune our audio. Like last time, Adam's audio was pretty quiet for him. Hopefully, we've corrected that. Um, until next time. Oh, before you do that, guys, please subscribe and, and like. And we'll see you guys next week. Keep gaming, guys. Keep gaming. Bye. Bye.